Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Jump through the cave portal with us as we dive into Doctor Who's Eaters of the Light on today's Doctor Who After Show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys. Welcome back to Doctor Who on AfterBuzz TV. Hi. Oh, it's time to get into this episode. Some eerie, eerie Doctor Who score music. Interesting. There Whoa. it is. And then it kicks in. Yeah. We're off to the races. Well, guys, welcome back. Uh, I'm your host, Zach Wilson. Uh, as I said, we're talking about Eaters of the Light, the Doctor's journey back to Roman times. Uh, to battle with space dogs. <laughs> yeah, thing. I mean... Uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, Missy's steps forward with the overarching plot line from this season. All of it uh, in tonight's episode. As I said, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson. Tari Miller's over there. Hello, I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. T-E-R-I-J-A-Y. And this is Space... Is Dave Child? This is Dave Child. Oh my gosh! You can find him at Mr. Dave Child. That's M R D A V I D Child. We sent Dave uh, to guard the portal, so he's off playing music somewhere. Yeah, just like protecting us from right. space dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Snow couldn't join us today. Uh, she's traveling, uh, but you can find her at, everywhere at Miss Adrian Snow. Yes. Definitely the Mr. Dave Child, Miss Adrian Snow. I never noticed that. Yeah. Until they're both not in the room. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, except uh, they're not married or spies. Uh, also, don't have the last name, same last name. Yeah. So it's nothing like Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, it's very progressive. Yes. But also very dull, <laughs> comparatively. <laughs> um, so. The thing, so let's let's dive into this episode. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot to unpack yeah uh, there's there's a lot to discuss i think about this episode because there's just it was interesting where it was chose they where they chose to place it in the season yeah um but overall just like as an episode what did you think of it um as an episode i thought it was really i i i can't say it was like fun because that's not the vibe it was going for but i thought it was a really like classic doctor who episode it had the like edutainment aspect of it that I feel like they've been bringing back this season uh, which is really interesting so you, you got a chance to learn about the Ninth Legion and like ancient Rome and Scotland um, so that was interesting um, I also really loved like Bill kind of 
uh, Bill and the Doctor in this episode because they got to be. This is the first time they've really been separate and able to kind of do their own things, especially Bill, who is usually by the Doctor's side and like is only away from him for a second. Yeah, I like that you really got a good amount of Bill time and saw her like how she processes things. I did like that. I sort of wish that she they had been separated by something more than just like. Well, I'm going this way. <laughs> Fine, I'm gonna go. like they just like there's no reason to separate in like ancient Roman times uh-huh. when there's like clearly a mystery afoot because where is where is this army? Well, uh, like if you if she found the army, there's already some problems. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, she. I mean, to be yes, they expected it to be everyone uh, dead people they expected everyone to be dead so i mean there's no real threat if everyone has already been wiped out yeah so like th- her trying to find the the soldiers basically it would have just been her seeing them from a distance and being like i'm right or the doctor finding uh, a bloodbath and being like I'm right. Uh, uh, nope, that was not a, an accent that was relevant to Doctor Who. But you know, I'm going with. I'm it. gonna let you do. I'm gonna let you have it. Oh, thanks. Uh, Appreciate it. Um, I thought this episode was was solid as a standalone. Right. Like it was. It was. It had good, interesting points. Uh, like the monster design was cool, if mm-hmm. not like maybe not sort of like shocking or anything. Like it wasn't something I had nothing I'd seen before, but it was still good. Yeah. Um, it sort of had an Avatar vibe. Uh, Avatar, it. as in like James Avatar as in yes, Avatar? as in the James Cameron Avatar. Yes. The, the blue, like the multiple blue, like tongue things. Yes, it reminded me of Avatar. Yeah, I could see bit. that. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, yeah, yeah, that's what it made me think. No, of. I mean like even in the way that the the monster was constructed was kind of the way that they did in Avatar, where they take a regular monster, let's say like a dog or a lion, and they make it like a reptilian kind of monster, and then maybe add some limbs if necessary. Yeah, like that same kind of formula. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, let's talk about the monster first, just yes. to like get that stuff going. Like, uh, so the basic rules around this gut. So there's a bunch of them. Living in this cave portal. Yes. Um, that's like a portal. It's a, it's an interdimensional portal in the middle of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and these monsters come through to eat the light. Yes. Right? Right. So, it, uh, yeah, it feels like they, there are, one could imagine... Uh, multiple breaches in in other dimensions, and then they just go from dimension to dimension, like eating the light and then going back to their their own world. Um, so essentially, they're in kind of like a parallel or pocket dimension. These creatures, yeah, swimming in that weird circle. That was really cool. Just like seeing, uh, it's it's. I feel like it's not often that we get spectacle like that where. It, it's these little, like, fish-looking creatures, and then when you get close, they are the monsters that we've seen. Yeah. Um, that I really enjoyed. Um, this was a, a really interesting monster. Oh, a really interesting monster. Yeah. Um, I... It, it was cool. Like, I, I, I think it also worked that it was sort of mindless... Um, because of the way, like at first, I was a little. I, I I tend to get a little frustrated when the monsters don't have like a motivation, 
But I think in this case, it actually worked and it served the story really well um, because of the way that that it was used by people by people to fight a war. Yeah, like these creatures, like on their own, are just surviving. They're just they're fighting for food. They're not vindictive or anything like that. Yeah, you know, it actually is. It feels now thinking about how you just put it, um, like the showcase of the scenario whenever you get little storylines in movies where they're like we're gonna weaponize this this creature in order to make war <laughs> and and that's essentially what this was is you know this uh her car was supposed to like protect the world from these things but like she used it as a weapon and it ended up also attacking her own people yeah well like when you point a gun it doesn't always kill the thing you wanted it to kill right uh, if you don't know how to, if you don't know how to properly use a weapon, it can be more devastating. I think there's a, I think there's a bit of a nuclear war analogy going on here as well. Mm. In that, like, when the first atomic bombs were set off, there was, I think there was somewhat of it unaware of like just how devastating it was going to be to a, to a city, and like, then like you realize what it is capable of. Yeah. Um, in this case, so she she releases the the monster. The, did it have a name beyond Eater of the Light? No, not okay. really. Yeah, um, I mean, because they it was basically just a beast, which uh, I I like because we don't get we don't get very many monsters that are just like just beasts. You know, they all usually have uh, some kind of sentience, and they're all trying to do. A thing like even the boneless, which were essentially from another dimension, and yeah. were um, just trying to figure out how our dimension works. They had a they had a scheme, they had a purpose, they had a thing that they were trying to do. But this beast was essentially doing what beasts do in that it was trying to feed, maybe reproduce if if it could, and then like survive, uh, which is also what the human beasts were doing in this episode. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny you bring up boneless, the, the boneless, <clears throat> because there, they did end up facing a very similar dilemma mm-hmm. to the episode. This, as, well, or at least there was in, in some of the, the talk here was the, uh, the Romans and the, uh, the Scottish, I forget exactly what they would call, would have been called at this time. Right. Um, but they, Faced off, and a big part of it, as the doctor said, is because they couldn't speak the other's language. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, in, in that episode, the doctor believes that they may be not here to, to kill people, but they're just trying to communicate and they're incapable of it. But yeah. in the absence of a solution to that, you have to just stop them. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what happened. The, the, like the Romans came and they couldn't communicate. There was no negotiation because there was no way to talk. Uh, so war was the option. Mm hmm. Uh, and then once the once the TARDIS uh, the translation translation matrix yeah. uh, was able to work for everybody else, all of a sudden, hey, maybe we are not such all we're not all <laughs> such bad people after yeah. after all. They uh, both sides came together singing the song "Savages," and then once Bill laid over a, de- a dying person's body. They were able to come to terms and and realize that the other side weren't savages. Yeah, yeah. It was it was cool. I I liked that. Um, and the other. 
Hmm? Sorry, I was I like doing the, a bit. Uh, were you? Yes. Savages, like from Pocahontas. <laughs> I missed it. It's fine. Oh, gosh. Get with it. I, I guess I got to. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I, I I thought that that worked. Um, I thought the hardest information, the hardest translation matrix, uh, was like it was cool, like that Bill had to figure it out for herself. Yeah, I will say that was one of the hints that I feel like this episode got shifted around in the schedule. What do you mean? Um, this episode, I th- were were uh, this was episode uh, eleven. 11. Yes. Um. So, I feel I feel like this was supposed to be like episode four or five. Oh yeah, the way it was written in terms of Bill's understanding of the TARDIS, like that ne- that that thing never like the tar- their translation matrix never came up. Yeah, they've been in, they've been traveling all over the place into the future and sp- like. It, well, it, and like it's it's excusable on a case by case basis, but yeah. it's one of those things that you expect her. To have picked up at some point because she's been with a doctor for so long. Yeah, um, like I, fa- I always assume that that's one of like the early things that you find out as a companion. Uh, that's true, though. Like thinking back to the places that they had gone, um, essentially a lot of them could you could assume that maybe they just spoke English um, outright. The episode ten, the chat is correcting. Oh it's... yes, forgive me, chat. I don't know numbers. Um, but, uh, I mean, because they went to Victorian English, or England. Um, they went to space, which you could assume everyone spoke English. You could, they went to Mars with English colonists, so they spoke English. Yep. Like, so a lot of the places that they had gone, there, there is way to logic your way through believing that English yeah. is and that's common. the thing. It's, like, it's not like I think that they made a mistake or that there's a plot hole here. Yeah. It just, got, I get the sense that that was supposed to come earlier. Right. Um, it, it all just seemed, up, oh, up. Oh, is the port- uh, yeah. Dave, uh, is the opening. portal unguarded? The sun Hi. is shining, so allowing David to... through. Oh, boy. There was a monster that came out. It happens. Sucking all the light out. <laughs> it was Dave great. Child. Hi, everyone. everybody. Hi. I was just talking to Bilquis uh, from American Gods. So yeah. that's where I was, talking to a god of love. So Aww. deal with it. And okay. you made it back. Yeah, I didn't get sucked into her <laughs> vagina, Okay. <laughs> This is a family show, Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're here to talk about monsters murdering people. Cool, cool, like cool, sucking cool. sucking their yeah. bones out. Cool, cool, or something cool. like that. Where uh, are we right now? Uh, Where are we We're, talking we're just talking about the, um, the, there's this sort of a sense, and I, I've heard this from other people as well, but, like, I got the impression that this episode was originally slated to come earlier in the season. Right. And we were mainly talking about, like, the way that Bill, like, just learned, just is learning about the TARDIS translation matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, and I was saying, the the fact that Nardal is like stressing, like you're supposed to be guarding the vault. It's like we just dealt with a big thing about the vault. I feel like you compare it, complain about him guarding it. We're way past that, right? It also mm. feels like maybe the um, social commentary is a little lighter. It's there, but a little lighter than it is on the previous episodes. And it feels like it could have been earlier in the season because it could have like ramped up a bit more. It also feels like the like the whole Missy thing, like her com- like him like having to take her out of the vault to deal with other stuff. Like mm-hmm. 
that should have that feels like that should have kicked off like serialization from there forward. Like that's like the the, yeah. the moment where you break with your traditional travels. Right, except um, I kind of like the discovery of like needing her in the previous episode on in the Mars episode. Yes, and I, what I'm saying is like I think it it it, it it's cleaner if it's if we swap these around and like that moment right. comes this week and then we launch into whatever is going to wrap up the season and that whole plot line. Right. So if it, if it, in the original version it wouldn't have Missy at all at the end or would have a different type of Missy or would this be the would right have one? it would have like I would have swapped these two episodes effectively. Okay. But it still would have had Missy just hanging out in the TARDIS. No, no, no. I'm saying like once she's out of the vault we got to be off to the races. Right. In terms of the serialized plot. I disagree. I like that it is, it's been a steady, like, increment. In ter- it's been incrementally, nope, whatever, however I'd like to say that. Um, <laughs> we've been we, using increments. Yes, we've been yeah. using increments in terms of how much the Doctor is putting hope into Missy reforming. And so we, we got him hanging out and, and he allowed Bill to meet her. Right, and then uh, Nardal lets her out, and this time he's kind of just letting her futz about with the TARDIS. So like, there, right. his his tolerance for her being in that prison is like waning, and he's kind of like becoming soft. And I like that. I like that progression as opposed to just one day. Uh, she's a prisoner in the vault, and the next day he's like, yeah, let her hang out with me. Yeah, because especially since it looks like, I mean, we can talk about predictions later and what we see in the next week on. Yeah, hold uh, off on Next that episode, but there. it looks like they are building to something like that, and I kind of like the idea that she's just being a mechanic around the TARDIS for a little bit. Yeah, there is, there is something, like, like to counter my own point. Yeah, um, counter there, that point. There is something interesting about the thought that he, the doctor, went on this specific trip, maybe knowing a little bit about that they would find something like this here, right. in order to like let Missy watch an adventure unfold. Mm. Interesting. Him. So, kind of being like, okay, we're let's see you watch how it's done. Because they say that she was watching the whole time, right. like she had her eyes on it. So this was like a see how I solved this with like kindness and bringing people together and mm-hmm. there was goodness that saw, saved the day not brute force mm-hmm. or trickery or like murder or any other things that you're thinking of in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so like I, I think that that like again it's the doctor rehabilitating Missy. Right. Um, that's like that's I think what he turned the vault into is a rehab center. Yeah, okay. and I'm curious if it was uh, if there was actually something sci-fi going on there, or if she really is just gaining a conscious, like from from the rehabilitation. Like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago too, and I'm still curious about if there's something physically actually happening, like she's purging herself uh, in a time lordy way, or if it really is just she's learning how to love. One step at a time. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Um, after the show last week, Zach and I were discussing a theory that the Doctor was essentially, like, funneling goodness into her. So, uh, yeah. oh, you don't, uh, what? It's the hand motions that made that kind of <laughs> worse. 
It's a lot of like take that good again. Yeah. Also, just talked to Belquis, so it might be <laughs> where my mind is. Um. So, like, you know, because we know that time lords can do like a, a mental link and things right. like that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a chance that he's kind of filtering some of his own like the some of his own ideals and thoughts and and ways of going about things into her and that's kind of what's causing her to grow a conscience in some way. I like that. I like yeah. that, especially because it's establishing more of a psychic link between the two. Mm-hmm. That that's that could be interesting. And I still love my idea that she could be the next companion in the in the next season, just like a, a younger version of her. Yeah, and I'm I'm like that's my big. I'm gonna keep writing that <laughs> fanfic until it pro- is proven no, wrong. No, I, I, I'm super high on the idea. Super uh, high. Like up. we talked about it more extensively last week in predictions, yeah. just like the idea that the the doctor and the and Missy slash the master regenerate. And whatever form they take, it's now like next season is the yeah. doctor traveling with a like younger version of the master, not like not like physically younger, but not like time wise younger. Yeah, right? and especially and, like, training them, yeah. whether it's a man or a woman in this iteration, either way, uh, training them to be better. That's fascinating. Yeah, and especially since you have this nice moment where they hold hands. And they're like, we're becoming friends, and then it's then the doctor lets go first. That hope. He's like, eh. The, the thing about the thing about hope is it's almost too tempting to hope, and it's he says a line kind of like that, which I love because it shows that he really wants to be her friend and really trust her, but at the same time he knows how dangerous that is. Maybe it is a time lordy thing where he needs her to feel all of that regret in this. Regeneration, mm, and in then, in, and then, once she truly regrets her actions, and then regenerates, she can become a good person in her right. in her next life. Right. Uh, in the way that, like, people, like real people, like uh, think that, like, if you can be a little bit better in the like in the yeah. in terms of reincarnation yeah. like yeah. if you can yeah. be good in this life yeah. you will be even better in the next right. you will keep right. progressing forward towards nirvana maybe that's how the time lords sort of work is like if you are truly trying to be good your next life you will be good you would just regenerate okay. into the band nirvana yes by the end of it <laughs> And that it's just yeah, it just it ends sadly depending on which part. Of <laughs> yeah, the maybe maybe the doctor could be Dave Grohl and then yeah. continue on to be the Foo Fighters afterwards too. Yeah, uh, the master is uh, definitely know, more of a Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more. There, uh, with Missy, yeah. there's an interesting the- another theory. Like they keep talking about um, this. Like Moffat keeps saying this regeneration is going to be different. It's going to be totally different, like, not clarifying at all what that means. And Moffat... It's going to be a wrap. (laughs) Different could be like, (laughs) it ages backwards, and then, like, it could be something... Dumb that doesn't doesn't necessarily need to continue past how it happens. There's a theory out there that has... that winds up with Michelle Gomez playing the Doctor... Like okay. you know, like remind a me who Michelle Gomez is. Missy, Missy. Okay, okay. Oh, so they switch. Uh, that like he become that like the doctor becomes I, like that. Like if they regenerate, like what happens when two time lords regenerate like next to each other? Does that 
Me, does that mess with it in some way? Like that's why. I Will think they it, become one being, and they're just a doctor master, master, master doctor, master doctor, <laughs> master, doctor. <laughs> master doctor, just talking to one another all the time, just beating each other up. Uh, yeah. But like, but like, I, I the idea of like what happens if two, if two, two, especially two time lords who have both had extra regenerations, right? Uh, put in. Let's not forget the master was once a little slime trail on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Go watch the movie. <laughs> go watch the Doctor Who movie. The Fox made. Yeah, please forget that. Please <laughs> just never, strike it never from. Forget. It's strike in the canon, canon though, right? Yeah, it's that's in the canon. canon. Oh, that's canon. Uh, oh, but, that's canon, but ju- baby. But just like, <laughs> but just like any Doctor Who, even if it was like six episodes ago, at least as long as Moffat's running it, eh, don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't even worry about yeah, that. Yeah, except unless it's like twenty episodes ago, and then Moffat's gonna be like, "Remember this." Well, that's the thing. He, Moffat likes to pick and choose. Yeah, like he'll yeah. ignore one thing, but like dig super deep into like the third Doctor's like random episode to yeah. like mention something. Yeah. So he he goes back and forth. In, in some ways, great. In some ways, frustrating. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that's what that's you got to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the moth with the fit. Anyway, yeah. that's. I'm curious how, uh, uh, apparently, so according to Kristen Schwiebert, Michelle Gomez said that she is leaving, not changing roles. I don't uh, know. Don't trust anything you read on the internet. You gonna trust Missy all of a sudden? I wouldn't. She mm-hmm. could be a liar. Mm-hmm. That's not even how she talks. She's more of a cockney kind of gal. Mm-hmm. In it. Uh, <laughs> Dave, we talked about our thoughts about the monster. Yes. Um, do you have any quick thoughts about that? I mean, I kind of like the design of it. I yeah. kind of like that it was kind of a T-Rexy with tendrils, like, feel to him. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, the, the sucking out sunlight thing, I almost feel that was just done for the Death by Scotland line. Like it was, it was like this is a funny line. I'm gonna create a monster to go with it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of I liked the premise of the episode. I thought the episode. I, I really like how the it was really about how we all always forget about the ages of the soldiers that tend to fight our wars, mm-hmm. and that was like very subtle social commentary, which I appreciate when they do. And I also like it when they hit uh, hit us over the head with it. But in this case, they were really revealing that everyone was like 17, everyone was 18. And when they ended up talking to one another, they realized that they were just that young. Mm-hmm. They all have the same, like, lives, more yeah. or less, especially as soldiers. Right. And so I, because of that, I liked it. I also like how they are... Um, how the monsters are just coming out one one at a time. And because of that time... Vortex. They it's it seems like they're coming out every twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's I thought that was kind of set up really nice. Um, so yeah, in the end, I kind of I don't they didn't really explain what the monsters were except that they were an alieny thing in a mound and kind of like connected to some some other time realm. Well, I mean, they right I, for the most part. I mean, I I feel like you got enough information in, in that. They're interdimensional creatures that live right. in a certain like pocket space that whenever they can breach another dimension, they essentially gobble up all the light in that dimension, return to where the, from whence they came, right. and then find a new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. they're locusts. It's in, in pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of Stranger Things-y, like Demogorgon-y. Yeah. Um, but it's like the sideways instead of the upside down. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like... If, the sideways and spinny. It's more yes. of the, yeah, the, the spirally. <laughs> the spirally. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Coming from the spiral. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I uh, the, the sucking the light out of people was... It is weird if you think about it too hard. <laughs> I feel like if someone came out into our realm, they would just go, especially if they're an alien, figure out how to get to the sun. Like, as much right. as, as soon as possible. So instead of finding people they can suck the light out of, mm-hmm. when they go to light sources instead? And that didn't really became a I, thing? Yeah, I mean, that is the one big issue with that even I had with the monsters, that plants store more sunlight than right. animals. Right, chlorophyll. So it should have been that, like, it. I, I feel like this a monster would have been even more effective if... Uh, it just absorbed sunlight, like, not even by its own uh, effort. Like, just being in a place, it just sucked the sunlight from yeah. it. You know? Or, right. like, I, I do like the idea of it eating plants to get to the light. Like, you could have done this, like, move it, move it over a little bit, go to Ireland, and, like, have it cause the potato famine or something. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, Would have been neat. Yeah. Um, I also didn't quite understand... The what they use against him is concentrated light. They like it's, it poisons the light. It poisons. Like, I think the light. by it, whenever That's it's refracted right. through. Yeah, they didn't really go into the mechanics at all. It was just sort of like a. It's just this is a thing we this. have that poisons the light. Yeah. Right. Um, like the this clan had figured out how to defeat it years ago, and this was how. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe it, that would work if you have like maybe if you prism light and it turns into like a rainbow thing, it can't handle. I think the that's power of sort a of what it was. It was like the other way around, like right. where it's concentrating the light instead of like refracting. It, it needs out. to have like pure white light rather than the power of diversity. Right. <laughs> so it, yeah. So it's uh, like if yeah. you were trying to eat, if you if you our bodies are used to eating salt, but we can't eat like we can't eat sodium or. Um, chlor- sodium chloride? Chlorine. We can't eat chlorine? Chlor- chloride. chlorine. No, chloride. Um, either of those. Whatever makes salt. Salt is sodium chloride. <laughs> it's sodium and it is chloride. Um, sure. Yes. Anyway. Hydrogen, oxygen, same thing too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would have been better. That would have been a <laughs> lot easier. Okay. We drink water, but we can't. <laughs> uh, another moment I really, I really love, I really loved in this episode is when Bill is with the like the Roman soldiers, like yeah, the Ninth Legion little group. Um, and I, they I, talk about their sexual preferences. Well, yeah, when yes. they talk about this, like, I, I like and, and like Bill's like, no, I, I don't know if you'll understand this, but like, I'm only into women, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's Rome, like. <laughs> they were more fluid than anybody today. Mm-hmm. Right. Roman, she's like, oh, that's that's pretty close-minded of you, Bill. You don't get it. <laughs> we're from Rome. <laughs> it, gets, it gets weird. It gets weird in Rome. Uh, yeah, I, I just, like that. I just like the idea that, like, because there were other times, like, we think, like, oh, we must be the most progressive right now, but, like... We're not. No. They're yeah. way more progressive uh, societies, like, in certain aspects, if you go back. Uh, right. And in that, in, just in that specific aspect, Rome was very progressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the point where they're like, I, I just I enjoyed that. Moment. I also kind of like that cute. because I felt like they almost <clears throat> took a step back from her sexuality in a previous episode because she said, I mostly like women mm-hmm. in a previous one. And 
I was glad to see her say, like, I only like women just because it was kind of like, okay, take a firmer stance. Yeah. And last time I felt like they were almost like being like, but who knows? (laughs) And I just, I kind of like, that's a big aspect of her that is different from other companions that we see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to embrace it. But it's never felt exploited. No. Yeah. And that's what's so great about the way it's been handled. It's been handled just right. Yeah. If anything, I feel like they've been going out of their way to, like, flip all of the prejudices that she faces against her yeah. throughout this whole thing. Like, we had the thing with the blue That's right. person where yeah. he's like, you're a racist. <laughs> it's not how he talks. Um, <laughs> yeah, this wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. All blue people have Scottish accents. <laughs> They're like, I'm blue. I'm a blue. I'm a blue man. <laughs> Do you have a diabada? Wow, we are both from the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Um, what what else was going on in this episode? Um, Nardol. What's the, uh, yeah, Nardol was great. I at this, I, he's increasingly becoming one of my favorite companions. I I knew going in, like as soon as it got announced that he was going to be around, I was like, that is a great decision, and yeah. it has just proven better than I could have ever hoped. Because mm-hmm. he, he's perfect. He's perfect levels of comic relief that I don't think this show has had since like Jack Harkness. Yeah, and you got you got a different type of comic relief with like Rory and Amy cuz Rory was very kind of like I don't know what's going on. Well, that yeah. was more of the, what they're trying to do with him and he was the bumbling kind of sidekick. Mm-hmm. And this guy is like confident in what he does, knows everything. He's just also a little goofy and an idiot. <laughs> In, a, in his own, like, social way. Like, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Rory was that co- sort of funny, but it was, like, sort of sad at the yeah. same time. He like, was very sad. Yeah. But, like, this is just, like, this is comedy. Like, he's mm-hmm. there to be a comic relief character. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make some popcorn. Which the doctor then turns into a perfect diversion. Yeah. But, like, the fact that Nardal just was, like, pulling out a bag of, like, unpopped popcorn... What? That, yeah. It was it was perfect. Yeah. Well, that's the charm that you learn being a companion. You know, sometimes you just get left places and you're like, I guess I got to get in with the locals. That's, that's <laughs> what I got to do. That is that would be kind of funny. Like I feel like as a companion, like it might be smart strategy to like carry a couple things on you at all times that like <laughs> could impress the locals. Yeah. Like, like if you uh, go back in time, you're just like well, I've got this flashlight. Yeah. I feel like a Witch. lighter. <laughs> Ugh, flame. Um, yeah, and I also yeah, like... learn magic. If you're going to travel, learn like basic sleight of hand magic, and just so you can scare people. <laughs> Unless you're dealing with Puritans, and then it is just you're going to commit some of your witchcraft. But yeah, I, I like how he started off in pajamas. For no real reason. There was no, like, you know, previously on, or you see him go. It just, you got the sense that he was just like, oh, now, okay, I guess no, I'll just. No, you can't uh, leave! And then, then he walks into the TARDIS and out into Rome. Yeah, and out. And so he's in pajamas at first. Uh, he has great moments with. Um, where he's like, he asked the doctor about like second unit. I forget exactly what the line was, but he couldn't get over the fact that. The doctor didn't make it the first. He got just the second mm-hmm. when he was part of a Roman infantry at one point. And the doctor's just like, it's a long story. I don't want to No, he said he was a Vestal Virgin second class. Vestal Virgin second class? <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, is that what it was? Unless I missed, unless I 
very much misheard. Oh, I just thought I just thought he was focusing on second class, really. Like second class? So it's not not first class. Did I grossly mishear that? I kinda hope yeah. it was Vestral. We're very we're very split on this. So chat, please help me out here. Because either there? I'm listening to it very strangely. Yeah. Uh Tari doesn't remember. No. Nope. I think it was something very weird. Dave thinks it's something normal. I just, yeah, I just <laughs> thought it was like an infantry uh member or something like that. Yeah. So that's what they were debating over. But yeah, I thought uh and then later when he's when he's decked out in all of the kind of Celtic outfit. That was just perfect, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a question about the music and what the deal with the music was that we hear at the beginning and we hear at the end, and it's still coming out of the, the mountain. Is the idea that they're still in this kind of alternate dimension that's moving at a slower pace and fighting these fighting these monsters that are, that are trying to break through. Yeah. And they're still there and still jamming out on their music, and that's what we're hearing. Or is it that they sometimes take breaks and come out, play their music, and then head back <laughs> in? Um, I think that it is that essentially the music is still re- reverberating back into our dimension. Right. So, like, as they're fighting, um, even though for them it's, like, a few minutes... Um, for us, over the years, it just kind of comes back, resonates through the the crack, and then we'll hear it. Right, so, right. Yeah. Okay. Which reminds me of my favorite Missy line of the episode, which was, I want to hide his guitar. Which was uh, threatening to hide the doctor's guitar. Which I love that she called it a guitar. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that the doctor's prone to just picking up the guitar and wailing on it like a like a cool dad on the weekends. <laughs> and the fact that Missy's like, mm, honey, can, can we stop? <laughs> like, just can, can we put can, that? Can we not? Can we not? Can Speaking we not? of cool dads, happy Father's Day, everyone! Hey! hey! For all you daddy who's out yeah. there. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's the your daddy? Chat, thank you, Charlie Barajas and and Becca W, uh, who confirmed yes, it was Vestal Virgin second class. Vestal Virgin <laughs> yeah, second it, class. The doctor apparently at some point, and I, I don't think this was anything on screen. He's only been to Rome in a few episodes. I don't know. I guess that's what Nardal was curious about because, like, I would understand if it's a Vestal Virgin, but second class means like only certain things <laughs> are a go. What is a Vestal Virgin? It's a uh, a virgin set up in an oracle with the uh, right like set up in an oracle shrine. Yeah, and they're kind of set as like they're put over vents of sulfur, and they tend to bleep out like you know prophecies and stuff. So they're they're like nuns for specific like gods and for uh, to make prophecies. Yeah, there there's young women in Rome who were were kept as virgins, and like supposedly they were holy. Okay. Uh, and yeah. and ha- in some cases has special powers or would be sacrificed uh, in others. Um, yeah, and there's probably something we're missing there. So if people want to yeah, correct there's, us. There's a, I mean, there's a whole if practice there's any, around it in like different periods of time. Yeah. But like, if uh, yeah. Vestal Virgin number 420 is is watching it, what's the, what's the type in and say <laughs> what's up? My main experience with Vestal Virgins is... Um, uh, in history Could have of the been world, a great joke. History, <laughs> history of the world, part one. Like virgins, put on your do not enter signs. Oh right, yeah, that's great. <laughs> From Madeline Kahn. And nice. Uh, <laughs> and nice. Uh, um, yeah, and then, like, but I don't think that there was any 
direct reference to any previous Roman episodes in Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, I was almost anything. wondering. I was listening for the Pompeii like episode where uh, he first. Where the Doctor meets Peter Capaldi playing a different character, yeah. which they address, the they address yeah. that back in series eight. Um, yeah. But yeah, they made no reference to Pompeii, uh, no reference to uh, a lot of people were waiting for like a last centurion drop of some kind. Right. Uh, last centurion drop. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite dubstep album. Rory. Oh god. I know this is unrelated, but like Dorothy Banks in the chat just said. Not quite. <laughs> it's way too early for that to have been related to anything that you are that we just did, but I think it was appropriate to what happened, what just happened. Yeah, Great, yeah, yeah. not quite. Um, what did you guys think of this? Is a, a minor point, but the crows. Yeah, that was a silly moment, and it was also one of those moments that I feel like does everything have to be tied into the Doctor? Like the, it feels like he's established the world in a way. I do like that passing joke that crows used to talk, and now they got sick of talking. Mm-hmm. And it was, I thought, kind of nice, and it was a bit of a fairy tale moment that it ends up that the crows are talking. They're just always saying the name of the last gatekeeper who went in, and is kind of a tribute to that person who's continuing to save the world. That. This is not yeah. kind of nice. It, it, it's kind of nice. I. It was a little, also just a little too silly. Yeah, really? I mean, yeah, but it's as silly as uh, as like the doc- doctor is the first use of doctor and it's established doctor throughout the, you know, and that's why everyone's named doctors because they always help people out and it's just like the doctor. So if they're doing stuff like that and if they're making it so it's like oh crows can talk. And ka and car is what they're it's saying. It's not like I thought it was bad or like like I'm like. Or sounds like you hate that. Sounds like you have a real thing against crows, right? <laughs> yeah, now. you were coming into this episode being like crows. What BS is look, this? I'm just saying they look a lot like ravens. And last season left me real upset about ravens. About oh. ravens just in general. Okay. Okay. That All sounds right. like bird racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if it was a white crow, you wouldn't be complaining. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. says that about doves. No dove talk. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We doves made you now, officially. Doves. Now I just want to talk about leftovers, and that's a reference most people here won't understand. If we want to talk about ravens, I can talk about American gods, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Sweet Odin's That's, raven. Why do uh, doves suddenly appear every time you're near? And uh, what does it sound like when they cry? All right. I've always wondered that. All right. Enough, <laughs> enough bird talk. Okay. Um, All right. Welcome to bird talk with unless, the boys. <laughs> with the bird boys. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian, <laughs> please come back soon. Oh, my God. Uh, bird talk. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, do we yes. want to talk about the next week on? Are we at that yeah. point? Yes, yet? let's talk about predictions. predictions. After Buzz TV predictions. You got about five minutes to talk about what looks like some craziness. Crazy <laughs> craziness. Um, so I don't know if the next two episodes are really a two-parter in the traditional sense of like they are. Are they shown together? Uh, no. no, I don't think that. The, uh, that's what I'm I don't think that they're officially a two-parter. But what I what we see in that trailer yeah. looks very much like it's like the end of the season because it looks yeah. like it's going to be the big things and as the penultimate episode because we only got two weeks left um, that trailer showed special. yeah 
I saw two trailers for next week uh, on, and they both showed like a lot. There were two. There was two. There was one. They were just the same thing, except like kind of edited around a bit. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so next week we do get the original Cybermen, the Mondasian Cybermen. We do get a a ship that is close to a black hole, so that the front of the ship is at a different time. Is at is running at a different time and speed than the back of the ship, which is kind of okay. cool. I'm excited for playing with time hole, uh, time hole black hole stuff, <laughs> and and how time kind of relates to one another. And also, we get John Sim. Yes. Yeah, saying like, give us a little kiss. Mm. Yeah, and I'm curious about that. I don't know what because we don't. I don't think we see. In both of the ones I saw, I think he was dancing with Pearl, but I don't think he's dancing with Missy. So I don't know if we see him meeting Pearl, Missy. Pearl Mackey, Bill. Right. Just, yeah, just Bill. To, just Bill. Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pearl Mackey sounds like a, a a character on Doctor Who as well. So I always right. kind of <laughs> mix up Pearl and Bill together. Anyways, so we do see him dancing with I think Bill but I we don't know if he meets Missy. We do know this is kind of a test run for Missy mm-hmm. as kind of she puts on her she tries to do like a doctor impersonation to try and save the day. Yeah, it looked like he's like putting her in a simulator. Yeah, almost like, a little it, like it's that. It's like he's like <laughs> or he's kind of like okay, we'll go on this mission, we'll send out Missy, but I'll be in the TARDIS, I'll be ready to come out and help if anything goes wrong. Yeah. So just to kind of test Missy out. I like yeah. the idea of a simulation, though. Like, if the doctor right. was going to train, like, a, a squad of doctors, this is like the Kobayashi Maru yeah. test. That would be... I'm, we might find out that this it turns into a simulation. That would be an interesting theory, that it's maybe an episode where we think all this stuff is happening, and it turns out to be a simulation. Yeah. We did that, like, three weeks ago. Well, that's... well, except the doctor is now using it instead of the monks. Yeah. So I would just want to be in on it. Like I would, I would want to play. It. I would love to see that from like from the doctor's perspective, right? Yeah. Like tricking Missy, um, like because we saw what it looks like from inside that simulation. What does it look like from the other side? Right. Yeah. Well, I'd like to imagine, like from what we got in the previews, I feel like we start with a simulation, and then the actual thing with the ship takes place, and so then he's like, "Well, this is a good chance to give her." like a real test run outside of the simulation. Um, uh, I feel like I have a theory that uh, Sims comes back either because of the different timeline in the Uh ship. So essentially once she crosses that threshold, she becomes the old master. Or she gets in such a dire situation that she feels like she can't rely on the goodness that she's acquired in this form. And so she decides to revert back to Sims, who was who she feels her like prime. Interesting. Yeah, but Sims is like almost it's like the Joker version of him. Or yeah. maybe like this could, we could be going if we're if we're repenting, like we could be going back to the 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 birth of Missy, like Sims regeneration. So this yeah. could be like his last words kind of thing. Uh, if we go to Gallifrey to like find him, like locked away, yeah, um, before he. It was that's still assuming because we talked about this last week that like we were all operating under the assumption that Missy comes after Sim, mm-hmm. but they've never explicitly said that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, there was a the- there, like we had a theory last week that 
Missy turns into uh, the old the old uh, master who was hiding and had hidden his memories away in the watch because right. he couldn't because like couldn't take take yeah. them any longer. Yes. Um, putting them away. I don't know. I don't know that, that all the adds war, up. Which I, I I think I saw something that maybe there's a new audiobook called something with the war dot with the war master. Yeah, and that's him. And he's being referred to as the War Master. Interesting. As much as the War Doctor mm. is. Uh, okay. So, so maybe. I- I'm interested. Uh, we're gonna next week's gonna be a huge episode, Ooh. and we are going to break <laughs> that down in all the ways. I can't wait to see why and how the original Cybermen come back. The original yeah. Cybermen who are responsible for the Doctor's first death ever. Um, who makes so those Cybermen balaclavas? Like two, two massively important two. Two people who have killed the Doctor and caused regenerations: the Mondasian Cybermen and the Do- and the Mast and the Johnson Master. Oh, We're going to get into all of that next week on the Doctor Who After Show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I've been your host Zach Wilson. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. Put yourselves uh, over, guys. We're the Bird Boys. Yeah, cock, 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 And you can find us Bird Boys on Twitter. Cheep, 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 cheep. Tweet at us at Tari J and at Mr. Dave Child. Bird Boys. Bird Boys. This has been the Doctor Who app. Thank you for dealing with us. Tweet, tweet. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bird Boys! Oh my god! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.